0: I remember people saying, oh man, but you've got the dream. And <laughs> it kind of raises a red flag if people say, you have the dream. And you think, yeah, there's a lot tr- of truth to that. But something feels off right now, at least for what I think I'm looking for. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow.
1: We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen.
0: We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it.
1: If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. One unexpected obstacle that you might have to overcome when making a career change is dealing with the reactions From the people closest to you. Okay. Surprisingly, these reactions are not always positive and encouraging. Your friends and family likely want what is best for you, and they may not think that a career change is a smart move. So, how do you navigate these conversations with the people closest to you and get them on board to support you as you make this big life change?
0: Know who's supporting you, surround yourself with those people, check in with those people. You need support and If you need their support to help you accomplish your dream or to move forward or to do anything challenging, uh, whether that's lose five pounds or move across country, check in with those people every so often to know that you're supported.
1: That's Rebecca Maddox. Rebecca was a lawyer working in a political arena in Washington, D.C. when she decided she needed a change for many reasons. One of those included health problems that were surfacing from the stress of her. When it came time to let her support system know she was working on making a career change, she was met with some surprising reactions, which ranged from nervously happy for her to angry and argumentative. I want you to listen to how Rebecca navigated these conversations because she gives an almost exact script for what to say to your support system when you're making a career change. Here's Rebecca taking us back to when her law journey began.
0: I decided to go to law school. Back, I think it was my junior year of college. No one else in my family had gone to law school, and yep. before all of this, I had actually been thinking, "Oh, I want to go to med school." And then I took calculus and chemistry at the same time freshman year, and that there's nothing quite like that to like really make, make you reconsider your priorities in life. Like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if this is right for me. So I reconsidered everything. I went on a longer journey with taking environmental science courses, learning more about environmental policy, going into women and gender classes and policy. I took a class, I think, on feminist jurisprudence. And that opened my eyes to the idea of, huh, I find this fascinating. What if the law is actually something I want to do? And I remember telling my parents I wanted to go to law school, and they said, really? What? Really? <laughs> really? you sure? Are you sure? And I took the LSAT, I did an internship where attorney was representing the community group in front of a zoning commission, and I thought this is just incredible. So I ended up going to law school because I liked the idea of how you could use advocacy and arguments to like build a foundation to achieve something for someone. Because I think ultimately at the end of the day, I I wanted to help people, and that's where and that's what moved me towards law school. I ended up going to law school at the University of Maryland. And after I went to school there, I realized I've never been involved in politics, I guess best forwarding. I realized I've had experience in undergrad with some environmental sort of organizing stuff back in the day. I now have experience in the law, but I've never looked at politics, which feels like another factor. And something that's close to me now that I'm in Maryland and D.C. is not very far away. Oh, no. What if, like, I don't have kids. I don't have a house. What if that's something worth trying? And I ended up connecting with an office in D.C. And then I did that for a couple of years.
1: Who were the types of people that you sought out to try and find out, hey, what what even is politics? Like, what does, what does all this <laughs> mean? Like, where? who were those types of people or who were those folks in your life?
0: Oh, yeah. No, that's a great that's a great question, because coming from my family, my family is filled my my extended family, my immediate family. It's filled with teachers, some doctors. No one (laughs) knew anything much about connecting in with politics. And I remember a friend at school was involved more with politics and there was an intern coordinator who handled more political internships for the school. And she said, you should go talk to her. I said, okay. And I think my, in general, my best, the way I found most of my internships or experiences while in school was definitely through teachers. Teachers saying, hey, you should be connecting into externships. Hey, you should be connecting into these things. They kind of acted as mentors to shepherd me through. And getting into politics in general is just, it's a tough game. I mean, everyone, everyone's coming in trying to prove their self worth, and it's a lot of networking, and it's a lot of meeting people for coffee and trying to figure out they have a connection to their to their state, to their political beliefs, to their office, to someone in their office. It's a it kind of strips the the greenness off to become a little bit off of
1: you very quickly. Exactly, yeah. Become no longer green almost immediately (laughs) as you as you move into that. Yeah. You and I had a conversation maybe I don't know seven eight months ago or something, which was the first time you and I had had met after you found HTYC. And at that point in time, you were less excited, so I say mm-hmm. about being in DC and being involved in the political arena. Is that is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, that's fair to say. I would that's say during my time there, it was it is really exciting. It is really interesting because you're dealing with some very big issues and everything's dynamic. Yeah. Right It's changing all the time, and you work with some very motivated, very intelligent people and some very diplomatic and great people to work with. But at the same time, it's sometimes working at 50,000 feet, feeling like you're kind of hovering above ground. You start, I think after a while, starting to wonder about my impact and connecting with people and wondering, is this the best use of my skills? And I remember people saying, oh, man, but you've got the dream. And (laughs) it kind of raises a red flag. If people say you have the dream, you think, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. But something feels off right now, at least for what I think I'm looking for. Yeah. And, And I think in that moment, I started looking for a career coach because when you're in a position, especially that you have. Worked really hard to get. They've put in a lot of time, a lot of years, and you're thinking, okay, right, this feels right. It feels like I'm I'm gaining experience, I'm gaining some a little bit of good reputation here. I've got something going. It's hard to talk to other people. It's hard to know who to talk to, to say, hey, I'm wondering if there's something else out there for me. Or to say, Hey, even to your family, to your loved ones, say, Hey, I'm not. Sure, if this will be my forever fit, or maybe this is the best fit for me in terms of like my goals or what I'm thinking right now. Because everybody has their own bias. But if your family supported you in getting used to this position, they want to see you happy. But they also are wondering why would you leave. So it kind of the dream. It's the it's the dream. And granted, there were a lot of opportunities, great opportunities, great people to work with. Again, it's just kind of thinking, okay. So, but for me and my skills and what I'm thinking next for my own personal move. What are my options? How should I be thinking about this? I think having a little bit of an outside perspective there of someone who can call you out, maybe when you're not taking accountability for everything in your sphere, or maybe someone who can point things out or help you navigate it. I think that's what I was looking for.
1: Interesting. So I'm, I'm curious, just diving back for a, for a half a second, as Cause it sounds like you were, you were having fun with, with some areas of it. And as you got in there was, there was different levels of excitement and things that totally jived with what you were interested in, at least at the time, what really started you down the path of either realizing that it had changed or that you wanted something different. What happened in between there that, mm-hmm. that caused you to have a difference of opinion from when, when you went in and when you were, were having fun of it with it initially.
0: I started thinking about I think I started feeling a little disconnected. Sometimes we would start working on an issue and then something else would become more politically important to be working on or focusing on so jumping around. We have a lot of loose, there were loose ends, and I thought, okay, am I what am I accomplishing here? And I started feeling a little bit of that disconnect. And then also there's this sort of there's a thoroughness impact, but also the the depth of the issue. Where when you're working on a, like a higher level on issues, you don't want to dive too deep into the weeds, but you also need to create something. So I became a very versatile generalist, <laughs> uh, looking at diff- issues across the spectrum. But it was diving into, I think, when you're running on an inch deep, mile wide. You know, some people thrive in that. In, Thrive in that environment. They see the bigger forces and they enjoy just kind of staying a little bit in the substance, but mostly on the bigger forces and political forces and again, navigating that. But for me, I found that this is all very exciting. I would love to have something where I get to dive more into, be more of an expert on, sink my teeth into more. So I started reconsidering my impact and as well as my, ultimately, how did I want my, my ideal office? How, at least for how I get my rewards out of work, what yeah. makes sense? like having a big policy issue work? Or is it more of a one-on-one relationship with a client, like that kind of work? And I thought, actually, I think it's the client. I just started piece by piece picking things off. And sometimes, too, when you're in that environment, you know that something's not working, but you're not quite sure what. And it sometimes can be hard to hear your voice in that space. And I think I was, two on top of all of this, my heart was also somewhere else. Like my significant other, he was out on the campaign trail. And at that point in time, I thought, okay, how are we going to get ourselves in the same place? <laughs> We've been doing long distance for a long time. Yeah. So there was a little bit of that coming and there was that coming into play as well where I thought, okay, I'm trying to hold it all together, but something's going to get eventually. What makes sense for me?
1: That's super interesting on a variety of levels. Partially because you began to recognize that being a overall generalist and not getting to go deep with something that you were missing quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time you had some needs and wants life changes at like, how are we, how are we going to get, how are we going to stop doing this long distance relationship? And so you had a couple of things pulling in different areas And for one, super cool that you recognized the need for change. Cause I think a lot of people will just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like I mean I encounter them all the time where people just keep on going rather than acting on that that need or want for change so kudos to you first of all
0: I mean <laughs> no, thanks I, I, it's when you're in the zone or when you're doing this especially if you've had a lot of time and energy vested into it and there are a lot of things that're not usually black and white it's not like a voice from God comes down unless you just have happen- those lucky people, right? You, that yeah. these burning bush and you're like, Oh yeah, there's the burning bush. Cool. I got my instructions. Let's, let's grow. For me, it was, it's, I don't remember who told me this or where I read this, but it's like the little things you start feeling a little itch and you say, maybe, maybe, am I crazy? And so you think, yeah, you know, everything else is going on. Let's just keep going with this. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe like I did, I did that for a while where I thought, okay, I'm not handling this correctly. I need to go running. I need to make sure I'm getting my energy out. I need to make sure I'm i following up on where I've made mistakes and try not to do those again. I need to be like accountable. I need to, you know, you try to fix all the other things. But there was a moment for me. I think I don't know. I, I would say for other listeners, if there's a moment where you know something's really off, whether it's like that moment where you snap at someone you didn't realize you didn't mean to. And it went way beyond what you normally are. You think this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is something's wrong. I would say, listen to that. I think my moment was, this was a long time before I made my move out of DC. But at the moment I went into the dentist's office, they did an x-ray of my molars and the nerves just looked like scrambled eggs. I'm not out of my twenties. And they said, look, you are clenching your teeth so hard at night from stress that you have messed up your nerve endings. And we, if you keep going like this, you're going to need root canals for all four teeth by the time you're 30. And I just, it kind of made me sit down and say, something's wrong. Something's really wrong. And I kind of try to like, just keep just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? Keep going, keep going. You can do it, just keep focused. Everyone goes and runs into issues like this. And then eventually something starts to get, and you say, you know, maybe something is off. And I I think the hard part of that for me was negotiating with my family and friends, not just in the workplace, because I'm trying to be a professional, right? You're trying to dedicate yourself. But then the hard part with family and friends is explaining, Hey, I'm going to go work. I'm, I'm interested in this idea. I would really appreciate your support. I think it's worth a shot for me to kind of look into.
1: How did you, how did you handle some of those conversations? Because I think that's a, that's a real thing for nearly everybody. Even if you've got a fairly supportive family, like if if you're on that end of the spectrum and have family that understands, it's still like a big gap. And it's like, well, why? Or the other questions that come up. So I'm curious, how, how did you approach some of those conversations?
0: Right. The hard part when you're thinking of making a change in your life is that either I've run into several reactions. People are usually nervous and... They want to be helpful. Loved ones in particular want to be helpful, but they oftentimes don't know how to approach the issue. I've had ranging issues of people saying, well, just go do what you love. Go do what you love. And I think, well, that's kind of broad.
1: (laughs) That was the worst. Just start doing
0: it. Or I even once had someone ask me, well, what's the one thing that you need in life? And I have to look back at them honestly and say, I don't know, food, clothing, shelter? Where are we going with this, right? Water, so,
1: <laughs> obviously. <laughs> water. <laughs> Thanks for that piece of information.
0: <laughs> Vote one for water. Water's popular right now. So I would say, I want, so in approaching that, I think I had to realize that, like, why I was feeling vulnerable in my search or feeling, and think- trying to think broadly, I had to realize that other people are be- feeling a little thrown off kilter because they too are wanting good things for you, but also think of you in a certain way. So having those honest, honest and open conversations is really important. And for people who truly didn't understand who are angry, which I ran into a fair amount as well. And I think that was one thing, you know, as I thought about coming, us talking today, that was something that came up for me because I think that was something that threw me off kilter. in My job search was just the emotional impact of others not understanding or being frustrated. And there's validity there. It's, I think my uh, my moment of wisdom was with what somebody who's very close to me and who said, "I think you're making a mistake. Why are you moving cross country?" And I think number one, like they may be mad about certain things if you're making yourself vulnerable, and making other people vulnerable financially. So that is one thing to put on the side back backburners. So but I, I personally had enough in savings to say, "Hey, I've saved up for this moment. I prepared for this moment. I can do this." So there was that and then the other part the logical support wanting them to support me where I was I think I had to say look you're my friend you're my loved one I love you dearly and your support means so much to me I need to give this a try and if it doesn't work out I'll be okay things will be okay I need I just need for you to trust in me in my skills that things will be okay at this moment and then if something else comes up, we'll just troubleshoot it from there. But here's my plan. Here's where we're going. I really would appreciate your support in this. And so that's how I went about it. Whether it was the best move and the most comprehensive. Yeah, I'm sure other people have other pointers. But like I think that's what helped for me.
1: What you just verbalized, I think, is a great script, actually, that we found generally works. Because when you're explaining why... When you're explaining why you need to make the change and then asking specifically for support and then even explaining that ultimately, look, it's going to be okay because of these reasons. Then I think that that helps people move from point A to point Z in terms of how they're looking at it.
0: Right. And, you know, it's hard. So at a certain point you have to kind of know who your main people are, who are, know who your main support are, talk to those people first And then know to a certain degree it will percolate through. And then know over time things get better. People ease off, especially if as you move on, if it works out. I mean, as I've for me, as I've left after I left DC, there are little things people have noticed, like I'm laughing more and (laughs) my hair is blonder because I'm getting outside more. And little things people say, maybe it's not so bad. I think too, the idea of dropping things and moving on to a different opportunity is something that's risky and a lot of people are risk averse. They're nervous. They wouldn't have necessarily done this for themselves. So that's another, There's several hurdles of how people make their own decisions. In addition to the fact that like, maybe they just wanted you there. Maybe they said, you know what, you have a great career and I've been bragging about you. And maybe I just, I, I just always thought this was who and what you wanted. And I, I Who are you anymore? So there's a little bit of that going on too. And so that there's that's kind of the the untold story along with career change in my experience. Is the how how your support system works. And I would recommend a good piece of advice that was given to me that I would recommend to others is know who's supporting you. Surround yourself with those people, check in with those people. If you need their support to help you accomplish your dream or to move forward or to do anything challenging, whether that's lose five pounds or move across country, just have those people check in with those people every year, every so often to know that you're supported.
1: That is amazing advice, especially just coming off of this. It's like fresh, it's hot off the press (laughs) (laughs) because you're still for all intents and purposes, kind of like just been through this and just gotten off the train, if you will. Even I I forget, like I'm surrounded by this all the time and, and I've gone through this and I've found these same things for myself too. And I totally making multiple career changes myself did not anticipate like that emotional toll that you're talking about earlier. And you mentioned where you're just having lots and lots of conversations with people and you're like, not just taking the actions, but you're also explaining the actions. And then you're trying to help make it easy for them to support you in, in the, taking these actions and all the stuff that you just never imagined would would go along with it and i think that's part of the reason why so many people end up staying in the same place too because that's that's hard
0: Mm -hmm. it's hard and it's risky because what's what's on the other end of the yellow brick road right like
1: oh my goodness (laughs) what if the wizards meet
0: you never know if you take that leap of faith will the brick you know if you leap out into the canyon will the bridge build underneath you like that's scary. Will the other people be there to support you? I don't know. You you hope so. And I think for me, I made the decision to, for where I was, I, when my job ended, I didn't have anything else lined up. And I think that made other people nervous too. And like, again, having that cushion, I think is, was like that financial cushion was a way, it was almost like my first line of defense to say, you know what, we're fine think we're gonna work this out I'm working diligently on this everything is paid everything is good yeah so what's going on I would also say during that time because people are, are nervous and they project that nervousness onto you and in addition to your own like insecurities are you trying to deal with oh my gosh where is this cut? am I am I going to be able to do this did I make the right decision
1: oh my goodness ah. Ah! Yeah.
0: I would definitely the negative voices come and Something I also, that was helpful for me during the coaching experience was, and something I learned along the way, was that it's also very important to give yourself some grace, show yourself some grace. And I would totally recommend Elizabeth Gilbert. Love her, love her. She has her book, Big Magic. And listening to that was actually very helpful. This idea that you have this creative muscle and you have to give a little space to breathe. And maybe during this process, finding your, I felt a great deal of pressure to find the job coming from this job that I was at. And then moving into another job, I felt a great deal of pressure to find something that was justified as like the bigger, better thing. Right. And I, when Elizabeth Gilbert was talking about her, about how like don't, about artists who put so much pressure on themselves to try to create their whole career off of their art that It kills your creative muscle. Yeah. I that resonated with me so deeply. I thought, oh my gosh, I feel the same, such similar pressure with finding a job. It's a move like finding this where's your career trajectory going, like finding proving success. And I thought, this is this is about finding what is my best fit for my skills. This is about finding the next best step in my career for me to be successful where I will where the average person might put in a hundred percent and get a hundred percent back, but maybe where I put in a hundred percent and I get 150 to 200% back because I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And I thought, that's what, that's what I'm looking for here. So hearing that advice kind of ease off a little bit and realize, okay, if I have to go find another job to be a bridge for the moment, that's fine. I can do that. What's most important is I focus on finding the next best step for me. So I would, Definitely recommend Elizabeth Gilbert
1: to anyone. I I have had several people recommend that same book in particular, Mm -hmm. probably about, I don't know, 10 or 15 times or so. And I, I'm curious as you went through this process and as you were, you called it trying to find the next, trying to find the next best step for you Mm -hmm. or something close to that. What how did how did you end up working with Lisa and what were the one or two biggest things that you ended up taking away from your interactions with Lisa about your next best thing? Because it's certainly not everybody's, right? It's, it's right, it's right. individualized.
0: Yeah, working with Lisa, Lisa's great. Love working with Lisa. And by Bye. the way,
1: Lisa, we're talking about Lisa Lewis for context here. You can hear her story, happen to dot com one forty-seven on Episode
0: one forty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was great, and I think something. So I just started, decided to start working with Lisa because as I was diving into the boot camp, the free boot camp happened to your career, and I was really trying to think broadly. I had this moment of thinking, okay, should I even should I be a lawyer? What should I do? I just went took the kind of what color is your parachute approach found happened to your career, really started trying to dig deep and like lay a foundation. And I started working with Lisa when I got to a point of saying, okay, I'm pulling some of these things out, but it's like some of my strengths, some of my interests, but it's murky. I'm not sure how to move forward for this. And I think not knowing where you want to go, like again, some people hear the burning bush or see the burning bush. Some people don't. I did not. And I was wondering if I'm not quite sure how to, what I'm looking for, how do I move forward? How do I develop this? How do I really, I was hoping to get that burning bush moment and I did. And I thought, oh gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. So that, that's when I started, I think, feeling stuck. How do I move forward with this? That's when I called, happened to your career. That's when I decided it's time to reach out to a coach who can, who's impartial, who, Isn't like my family because they don't have a vested interest in me being in one place or another because they love me, but you know, this makes them nervous. And it's not like (laughs) other people on my network who, too, might see me in a particular way and then say, Oh, but don't you want to do X, Y, and Z? And then also, some people are just so outside of the job search game that they just haven't, they have general advice, but it may not be what you need. So it was helpful working with her because she helped me think about structuring how to structure talking with people about what I'm looking for, how, what are the next steps to move forward? And two, there were moments when I was avoiding an issue in my career search that she would she even called me out, which was great. She can call me out and said, why do you think you're avoiding this? What are you protecting and yourself by avoiding this issue that you're not just avoiding it because you're lazy or something. That's my, my, my phrasing. She never said that. But what are you trying to protect in yourself that you feel vulnerable about? Which was a way that like no one had ever proposed to me before. And yeah. I thought, wow, actually, that's a really good point. And I remember I had this breakthrough moment journaling about it. And I think, too, in addition, it was helpful to have Lisa through the interviewing process because in addition to the pragmatic, like, oh, someone responded like this, how should I respond? How should I deal with some of the, the basic questions? Baseline things. There was also this question of, I, I think, my inherent bias having gone through trying to find a job in DC as a lawyer in 2013, where there were tons of lawyers and people kept saying, like, where you know, you felt generally kind of disposable. Yeah. And at that point in time, and having to scrape by for a job, I had an inherent tendency. To try to form myself into the person I thought that they were looking for for these interviews, rather than presenting, here's where I am, here's what I'm looking for. I'm I would love to work with you in the future if the like if this opportunity works. Like I very much had this bias to try to get the job, right? Like do whatever it takes to get the job. When in reality, just getting the job can lead to a mismatch and a miscommunication expectations and assumptions between you and the employer. So the employer doesn't get what they want, you don't get what you want. There's like this, there's just desperation in there. And even though I which came through, even though I have money and or had money at the time to cover my bills, my baseline bills at that moment, but I was still just I that was just my inclination. And working with Lisa was helpful to Strip down extraneous and get back to being more authentic without trying to preclude the opportunity, but just to be honest and say, Hey, well, here's where I'm coming from. What do you think you're looking for? Which really changed the interview process for me.
1: That's Um, a huge mindset switch. That is a massive mindset switch. Huge.
0: And it felt really bizarre at first because I thought, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm naked in the room (laughs) or something out there. (laughs) Because
1: It feels absurd at first.
0: <laughs> it really does. I think Lisa was calling it radical authenticity in yep. the moment. And it was, it feels really bizarre because you're trying you're realizing like there was this one interview in particular that I thought, I, I know it. once I say this stuff, this thing's done. Like I know. Cause I thought I'm interested in the job, but I don't know for how long I would be interested given like what this position is. I don't think I'd want to stay too terribly long. Yeah. Cause I would outgrow it pretty quickly. and. They, I think, have the same concern. And I thought, oh, but this would be like my foot in the door, to at least get in the office. But there are just so few opportunities. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And so talking to Lisa about it, I practiced it and then went into the interview and then actually said I would be practiced a line to get ready for it. And once I gave my line of I think I would be interested in growing from this experience into other opportunities in the office, what do you think you're looking for? Or could you tell me what you're looking for exactly? It's like it's centering. It centers where your position of power is. And when I walked out of that office, I knew I'm not gonna get a call back from this. But I still felt okay with that, which is not the way I would have felt before. Yeah. I felt like before, if I had gone in and not conformed or not conformed but like you know, if I hadn't tried to like meet what they're looking for to try to get the job, I would have felt like I was letting myself down because I wasn't keeping my options open. But then, then again, like on this interview, I thought I'm being I'm being honest. They deserve to find someone that they think is their best fit. I deserve to have, I have a job that works for me. I feel so much more comfortable with this. So it was kind of a different shift in narrative that I think I ended up paying off for a different interview. And after I take the bar, I'm looking forward to joining a joining a firm in Fresno, California, where I will be doing essentially doing litigation and using all of those tools and things that I learned in law school and putting them to good use.
1: This is this has been super fun for me because you and I got to talk way back when, as you were on the outset, looking at making this change. And then now we get to talk and Lisa's been keeping me up to date throughout the middle, but I didn't get all the, I didn't get all the juicy details. So this is super fun for me to get to find out a lot of this stuff after the fact. So congratulations again, by the way. Thank you. So I am, here. here's my question for you. What advice would you give people as they're thinking about making this change?
0: Right. If they're on the beginning portion, talk to somebody who, reach out to someone, talk to friends, say, hey, do you know who does this sort of thing? I think it's interesting. And maybe meet up for coffee because a five-minute conversation, because people are busy, right? Like, if it lasts for an hour, great. If it lasts for five minutes, great. Saying, hi, I think what you do is amazing. I'm really curious what it means to be to your job. I would say it's worth it. It's no pressure. And if it works out, that's how most people find their jobs, anyways. And if you're in that moment and thinking, okay, there's nothing, geez, I'm so entrenched in where I am, like moving to a different opportunity is kind of a joke. I would say you're probably wrong, unless you're in an extremely niche field, because skills are transferable. And it's worth, say, trying the boot camp stuff, maybe doing a strength finders analysis, doing something to just get a different perspective. And ultimately, like if people are telling you, you've got the dream, but it's something doesn't feel right. That's fine. That's fine. Trust that. And if people are angry, they'll come around, especially if you're like, you know, that's wrong. You're going to make yourself happy. It's going to make everyone else happy. (laughs) Right. Like do, do the right thing.
1: Hey, if you've been thinking about making a change for a while now, and you don't really know how to best take the first step or get started, here's what I would suggest. Just open your email app on your phone right now, and I'm going to give you my personal email address, scott at Just email me and put conversation in the subject line. Tell me a little bit about your situation, and I'll connect you with the right person on our team where we can figure out the very best way that we can help you. Scott at Drop me an email. Here's a sneak peek into what we have coming up in store for you next week. I said, you know what? I'm going to wait tomorrow if I still feel the same way and I'm still as fervently, you know, opposed to working here as I am in this moment, I'm going to quit. And I woke up the next day and I still felt very fervently against working there. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to resign. Do you remember those quizzes they had us take in middle school or... Maybe for you, early high school, that matched us with our career path that we should probably be on forever. My results said I should be an architect or a dentist, or I can't even remember what else. Doesn't matter, right? But life would be a lot easier if. We just took those results and that was the exact career that would fulfill us for the rest of our lives. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. And the journey to figuring out our calling can take a lot longer than we expect. And it leaves us feeling pretty lost at times. If you're in one of those spots where you're feeling lost in your career or like you don't know what the next right step is, this episode is for you. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out.